0: Welcome to MHTV. We're really pleased to have you with us today. And we're going to be talking about apprenticeships, but in a very kind of roundabout way. Because we'll be following one of our colleagues' journey um, to becoming a mental health nurse. And it's a it's a really interesting one. So before we get started on that, um, and before we introduce our fantastic guests, uh, let's go to Vanessa so that she can show how um, we can all join in and be part of the session. Vanessa?
1: Thanks, Nikki. Looking forward to um, tonight's chat. And we're hoping if you're listening, that you do join in. We like these conversations to be interactive you can join in over on twitter or x as it is now um, by just following the mhtv hashtag and um, you should see the conversation pop up there you know do follow the thread but also any questions comments you know do feed them into tonight if you prefer facebook um, and you haven't joined in before then go back go on to the unite mhna facebook page if you like the page there you should see the live stream, which you can follow. And um, I'll be keeping an eye on the comments box as well. So similar to Twitter, X, just um, follow the conversation there, add any comments, questions, and we'll feed them into the discussion tonight. Thank you.
2: Over
1: Fantastic. to Nikki.
0: Fantastic. So let's come to Jane, who some of you might might know from before, I think. Jane.
2: Mm. Hi everybody. It's nice to be uh, nice to be back again. Um, So I'm Jane Fisher, uh, Mental Health Nurse Lecturer um, at um, UCLan um, in Preston, um, and a big part of my job as a Mental Health Nurse Lecturer is supporting the apprenticeship um, students. Um, So I'm personal tutor and heavily involved in the mental health apprenticeship um, students. so some we have on a four-year program um, and another apprenticeships we have um on a um, on a two-year program um and I know we're going to talk about it lots but I genuinely think it's an amazing route into yeah. nursing uh, specifically into into mental health nursing um it widens that uh, that opportunity up for people um I think did my nurse training when I was young, I had no responsibilities, I had no mortgage, I had no house, I had no children, mm. um, you know, and was able to, to do it then. Um the thought of, you know, be having to do it now, you know, with with children, house mortgage, um, you know, and but the apprenticeship route really opens it up um to mm. people um like Stephen and, and many others like Stephen, mm. who otherwise would not be able um to come into mental health nursing. Um, And it's just an absolute joy to see them journey along the program um, and and turn into absolutely fantastic, compassionate, skilled uh, mental health nurses. Um, And I genuinely feel that the mental health nurse profession would be um, would be um, quite quite limited and and would um, would be a a loss if we didn't have the apprenticeship route um, into nursing. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge advocate for the um, for the apprenticeship route into nursing.
0: Definitely. Definitely, which brings us very nicely to Stephen. Stephen, could you introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about your story?
2: Uh, yeah,
3: uh, I'm Stephen Jewell. I am a newly qualified uh, mental health nurse. Uh, Congratulations. And for RNA for a couple of years, while I did uh, the second apprenticeship uh, RMBA programme with Jane. So Jane is responsible for me. Thanks, Jane. Um, well, yeah, it's not always. Been, I've never. I'm at a stage in my life now where I'm completely content. I'm settled. I found a job that I truly love, but that hasn't always been the case. Uh, quite a traumatic childhood uh, growing up, a lot of neglect, uh, a lot of abuse. Never thought I'd amount to much. I was bullied at school. Ended up leaving school at fourteen uh, to, to just get away from the abuse kicked out of my mom's house not my home mm-hmm.
4: uh,
3: christmas when i was uh, 15 i went to live with my dad and i just found just jobs that i didn't particularly enjoy uh, i went to work at a warehouse working nights did that for about 12 years until i was 20 26 27 mm. absolutely hated every single hour that I worked there uh, caused me mental illness, started suffering with depression and anxiety. I think it's because I was working on my own at night time, no one to talk to. Uh, I had no social circle, said so school. So I think you sort of pick your friends up when you're at school per se.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And they sort of follow you into adulthood or some do anyway. And I think not having that, I think I think I lacked people skills and being able to make new friends because I've not learned that skill.
4: Mm-hmm. I think
3: school was just all about surviving, like getting through a day. Mm-hmm. With Without getting beat up. Uh, and then get to at home, either. there was no sort of respiratory escape at home.
0: That mm. must have left you in a really sort of difficult position then. So, how did you come from to, to move from that space to the next stage of your life? What happened then?
3: Uh, it just so I saw a mental health professional. Uh, I was having uh, a non-epileptic attack disorder and it was a counseling. And, Ascertained that it was a direct impact of my childhood, of the abuse, I must have yeah. re- repressed it, somehow.
4: Yeah. And
3: uh, one of the abusers, I saw his obituary in the paper, and that's when I started having these non-epileptic attack uh, disorder,
4: yeah.
3: uh, so I must have like repressed it, uh, I'm re- I was really good at that when I was younger, just like hiding things, and it was only yeah. when I got to that stage in my life, I saw the obituary, and I was like, it yeah. just, yeah, it just hit me, started having seizures. I generally thought I was going mad because mm. it took a long time, it took uh, probably about two or three years to try to find out what it was. Uh, mm. There was no epilepsy. I was having EEGs. I went to the Walton mm. the York Centre, an inpatient for a while. I was having battery tests, and, and then they were like blaming it. So it's just like behavior, he's mm. playing up, sort of thing,
4: mm. uh,
3: which is quite difficult to hear. But it was only when I had therapy that. Mm. Yeah, actually got that diagnosis, and in that sort, of, and that was solely due to the abuse I'd suffered. Mm. Uh, and I think just it was the first time in my life I ever spoke about it. I was over thirty years old then, and just mm. to have someone, someone sit in front of me and actually listen to me, not judge me, not say that I'm, you know, pulling a the leg. These seizures are not real. Right. To actually understand that trauma can cause this, and just to get to the root of the trauma, and you know, i'll never forget that experience of being sat in that office having that person listen and talk to me and i think it was then i thought i could do this i could i could be that person who someone can unburden themselves who someone can talk themselves to mm. but again i know gc i can't amount to much so i just ended up flitting from job to job i worked takeaway. takeaways i worked for coffee shops mm. uh, And then I got to the stage where I set up my my own business, writing sports reviews. Mm. Uh, Really enjoyed that. had like a loyal following. Uh, It paid really well. So I opened a little fruit and veg shop. Mm. uh, Named it (laughs) Jeff's Fruits and Veg. um, My nickname (laughs) was Jeff at school. And I absolutely adored it. And I did a lot of home deliveries. uh, Mm. Veg is heavy. So not a lot of customers were elderly. People who could look out and perhaps carry sacks of potatoes and carrots. Mm. And so I used to do it with like single person veg packs for the elderly, and they used to deliver them when the shops were shut. Mm.
4: And
3: it was that time that I thought ah, I can actually engage well with people. Yeah. So I sat with these ladies, like these elderly ladies and elderly gents. They'd offer me a cup of tea, and then I'd drop the veg off, and then I'd just sit and have a brood for 10 15 minutes. Mm. We were very isolated and lonely. And to some extent, so was I because I didn't mm. have that social network or them friends. to go to sit
4: and
3: have an adult conversation with someone, and just I think it was company for all of us. Mm. So I had quite a regular uh, customer sort of thing. You'd live I don't even think some of the times they wanted the veg, I think they just wanted me to come round for a brew, and uh, well, yeah. I enjoyed it, you know. It's yeah. uh, and it was out there, I thought. I can actually do this. My mm-hmm. wife, uh, I've met my wife when I was. Sorry, my anniversary's on my. Yeah,
0: uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Just think oh, of yeah.
5: a number.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've been with a wife about 13 years uh, and she has always wanted to be a nurse. Right, mm-hmm. a little baby, she came out with hip dysplasia. So she was in hospital for a long periods of childhood. So she always wanted to do general nursing. Uh, but she could never. She was working. Started work when she left school. So I think when you start getting that salary, it becomes really difficult to yeah. step away from having
4: absolutely.
3: That and yeah, you're going nights out, you going on trips, your car insurance, and it's like I have to give all this up if I go to university because my mm-hmm. wife didn't have children. My, my girlfriend at the time didn't have children, so she's a mm-hmm. single person. Uh, it's Very difficult to go to university and giving up that salary. So I Made this the thing that I said, just quit your job, I'll support us while you go through university to like sort of achieve what you want to achieve. I said, then I'll go after you. Uh, so she did, she qualified, she had to do a year access course. She had again, she was like me, she had either poor or no GCSEs, yeah, okay. GCSEs spelled dud, yeah. <laughs> but uh she did it she achieved it she became a staff nurse and just seeing the happiness on her face for seeing something that she'd achieved Mm. and that's something that perhaps i've never had i've never had any ambition i've never had Mm. a stage where i could be like i really want to be this when i'm older. Mm. Uh, and i wasn't stupid i was quite intelligent at school Uh, i used to hide in the library at lunchtime uh, so i didn't get bullied and Mm. i remember the librarian miss usherwood she made me like a librarian assistant. Then it kept me in at break times. But it was ace because I could just read in there. I could sort of increase my own knowledge.
4: Mm.
3: But then she left without any. So anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. Her, but no,
0: yeah. in a weird yeah. way, wow. you're describing exactly the kind of skills that you need to accrue yeah. to be a really good mental health nurse. <laughs> I mean, if you wrote a list of things that you'd want somebody to understand, they understand the impact of trauma on people, on isolation on people, Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and things about like learning how to communicate with loads of people from different backgrounds, you know, all the different jobs you're talking about are jobs that really skill somebody up. And I think, you know, as Jane's saying, it's a tragedy that, you know, before nurses' apprenticeships gave their option, all the skills that you have and all the skills that your wife had could have been lost to nursing. That's it, doesn't make any sense at all, does it? Because life experience and the experience of actual practical compassion in action is so important that what somebody did when they were 15 doesn't seem to be the most important thing when someone's 30.
3: Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I agree with you. And that's it, it's that mm. one exam, isn't it? It's that like GCSE. And I'm all you oh, know, we've got three functional skills now to get to university, which I, I really uh, mm. a massive believer in that because there is people at the self-request school, they yeah. haven't got that GCSE certificate. Uh, so being able to give the opportunity to have a short college course, a lot of it's funded by the local council as well, these functional yeah. skills, to give people that skill to actually be able to then go on to an access course. Mm. So My wife, was a, she worked in a care home, given with dementia for yeah. most of her life before nursing.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: she did night school to do her GCSEs to get onto the yeah. access course, then to get yeah. onto the nursing. And I think struggling. access
0: courses are really tough as well Yeah. because, yeah, the, because the exams and assessments come so thick and fast you have to yeah. be really organised
3: Yeah, she really struggled with that especially holding down a full-time job as well mm-hmm. at the time
0: And yeah, the people like, don't take, take into account things like nights and shift work the impact that has on you yeah. and your ability to concentrate
3: well, I think you do a 10-hour shift and then you're going straight to night school to mm-hmm. you know, write and then, you know, literature reviews and things uh, mm-hmm. and social care access mm-hmm. course. She did really well. Uh it was long for her to drive her at the time. So we had put oh. not afford a car. So uh she used to have to get the bus up to college which was probably about forty five minutes each way. Right?
0: Mm. Uh, the real so dedication yeah. isn't it? So it let's is. take it towards wait so you at this point now in the in your in your narrative you were working on fruit and veg. How do you come from fruit and veg to the next stage? <laughs>
3: uh I think just I quit I quit I basically I thought I can't be this anymore. I'm not happy. I was deeply unhappy. Uh even though I had sort of that social circle with my elderly, mm-hmm. my elderly people, I thought, mm-hmm. I want more. I want more for life. And yeah. a lot of it was my daughter. I wanted to make my daughter proud. Because I've got her, <laughs> uh, she's 22 now. 21, so she's twenty this year. Uh, so absolutely mm-hmm. love her to bits. But I've never been never been able to aspire for as much as I wanted to, like, mm-hmm. either emotionally because of my,
4: yeah.
3: uh, I thought I was broken, to be fair, because I couldn't love, I couldn't. And I just wanted to be proud of me. I wanted her to look at me and say, That's my dad. And Mm -hmm. have that proudness. And so I thought I wanna change her. I wanna give her the best possible life that I can. I used to take her on holiday, Mm -hmm. uh, abroad and that, but I actually wanted her to to see me as a role model. Mm -hmm. someone to look up to. I didn't want to see me deeply unhappy with a free and vegetable. I used to have her as my Saturday girl working for me. She didn't do any work, she just Ate my profits. Off in the
4: way. At after, least
3: she was
0: getting food and veg. Look on the bright side. Waiters, doing a good
3: uh, job. Yeah, I think she's watching this, but she has to wages as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought I actually need to do something new. So uh, I ended up moving out of the town that I was born in. I think that held a lot of negative memories for me. So yeah. to get out of that town, it was like a fresh start for me. It was closer to my wife's work as well. Uh, and I applied for... A job at a mental health hospital. Uh I had no idea what it was. I'd never been in one before. I'd never yeah. it was a the hospital was across from where I lived and I used to see it as a water dogs back every day. Never yeah. knew what was inside what went on so I thought I'm gonna try it. Uh got there, got the interview which was very surprising. I had no prior experience. Uh went went for my interview and it was a group interview. Uh I was like oh no and I was Nervous, understandably. There was a lot of people there in uniforms who mm. obviously worked there on the bank, uh and we're going for a full-time position. Mm. And I'm just like, "What am I doing here?" Like, completely no idea. Mm. Uh, but it was really good because I always say it's like think before we speak, and only say something if it's worth saying. Mm. There was a lot of people I'm in into were perhaps just talking, like like I am now, just with nothing no. really purpose. But mm. i actually. I did really well in that because I was answering concisely and mm. uh, thinking of my answers. I mm. got to the next stage, which was a one-to-one interview. Uh, and, yeah, I got a phone call to say, congratulations, you got a job. Uh, yeah. You want to pick you, the intensive care bit. I was like, oh, mm. I thought intensive care. I had no idea. Prior to starting, I did, <laughs> mm. did That's how induction. they get
1: you, Stephen. Yeah. It is. That's how we all started.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I my induction. And I was like, thank you. I was telling my wife, I was like, mm. they're all going to be like intensive care, they're all going to be on like life support machines because that's why I associate as an intensive care. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, so my wife's like, no, I don't think, no, no, they will. I said, they will be. It's like, you're going to be on intensive. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when I walked in, I was like, oh, they're not. <sighs> and when I was having my walkabout, uh, this. Like a patient jumped out of me and went boo, he must have seen I was scared and I, absolutely, I was like oh no no it's not for me my heart was pumping, it absolutely terrified me but then he started laughing so I was like I, I like this guy, he's yeah. seen that I'm scared he's made me scared but he's actually yeah he's good and I just absolutely love I, I loved it, everything about um, doing fist globs uh, on the picky, there's a lot of time sat around talking to patients as well, yeah. playing board games, mm. uh, Engaging absolutely. with them and actually, yeah. people, people are talking to me. I'm getting paid to sit on a sofa next mm-hmm. to a patient and talk to them and find out the life story and make mm-hmm. them a cup of tea and play Scrabble with them. And it's like, this is absolutely amazing. Like, where has mm-hmm. this been all my life? And mm-hmm. just being upskilled as well. So they're teaching me how to do physical observations because we've all hadn't done what we've been in the hospital before. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's like, what magic is this? You know, they're putting this cup on, what are they doing? Uh, and to be trained to do that and just everything like safeguarding and mm-hmm. I was just lapping it all up and I'm thinking this is free education, they teach me about safeguarding, they teach me about the mental health acts and sexual mm-hmm. safety and leave and that's mm-hmm. as a sport worker and I'm like this is great it, it, I'm getting all this training uh, and I, I started becoming more confident more competent. because uh, I've gone from being this really quiet, shy a nervous person with no friends actually i like, mm. likeable people were mm. inviting me out for a drink people are inviting me to play football and I'm like this is like so not only did my professional career uh, progress but also mm. you know again friends mm.
4: and, yeah I think
3: that's really important for anyone in life just to have that one person because you know, you know you're only moved you've got someone to reach to whereas in mm. the past I've only perhaps had my wife you know mm. speak to my daughter Mm -hmm. and it's very isolated, but then getting onto this mental health it's like I've got friends I absolutely love my job you know Mm -hmm. I used to hear people like oh I can't bother and I'm like brilliant you know it's like skip to work in the morning
4: Uh,
3: and I was very, very enthusiastic so one of our matrons uh, mentioned the TNA course
4: Mm -hmm. which was
3: a trainee nursing associate so it's a stand for when you qualify it's a two year course you have loads of little placements uh and then you get your NMC registration. Uh, would you like to apply for it? I think you'd be good at it. I was like, wow, someone thinks I'll be good at something, so of course I'm going to do it, because I've been told all my life that I'm never going to amount to something, and then this like, matron, and, like God figures, aren't they? You just sort of, especially when you're just like, you know, you're starting, first mm-hmm. at a you see a matron, like, wow. Mm. Uh, they are human, they're not, they're not superhuman. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, she thinks, I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. So I did, I applied for it. Uh and I got it. I was like, hang on, I'm like this green grocer has managed to get on the apprenticeship mm-hmm. to go to university. What's going mm-hmm. on? Uh, didn't think I'd be able to do it. I'm not gonna lie, like first day of uni, it was like first day of school. You're mm-hmm. trying to look about and try and find people who you're going to spend the next two years with. Uh I was looking about, it's like, well they're already in a group, they're already in a group, and then I found two girls uh, who had seen about the workplace as support workers myself. Uh, so I just sort of latched on to them. And uh, I think Jane had us for that. How long did you, Jane? Two years.
2: Yeah, so the, so the TNA, so that's the Trainee Nurse Associate Programme. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, um, that enables people to become um, a band four.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so support worker is generally a band three. Um, um, Nurse associate is the band four and then registered mental health nurses is band five. Mm. Um, So the the training nurse associates were were brought in um, initially to try and bridge the gap between um, support workers and the registered nurses um, to try and fill some kind of recruitment issues. Um, around um around around nursing so it's relatively relatively a new um a new role um again it's done through the apprenticeship route um so so learners are um learners are funded by their 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 employer by their trust um, yeah. to, come on, um to come on to come onto that um come onto that course yeah. um and then that's a two year program and they qualify as a um as a band 4 nurse mm. um, associate mm. um, not field specific um so nurse associates can work in adult um child uh, learning disabilities or um or mental health
5: yeah.
2: um lots again lots of value lots of you know advantages of that band four role um you know i'm, I'm particularly interested in you know and, and looking at kind of you know, that transition from a band four to a band five, um, reg- uh, to, to a registered mental health nurse. Mm. Uh, Cause I think there's some kind of value in, in looking at that. Um, so Stephen, um, and lots of others have done the, um, done the band four, um, registered nurse associate program for two years. Um, some like Stephen then, um, immediately after got onto the, um, RNDA, which is the Registered Nurse Degree Apprenticeship um, Program. Um, others in Stephen and, other, and other cohorts maybe uh, worked as a band four for a couple of years um, before coming onto the um rnda um to become a a, a registered um mental health
0: nurse mm. i think there's lots of things we can sort of talk about particularly i think having Stephen who's really helpful about the experience of apprenticeships but before we do that and vanessa i, I can see um has been saying some questions have been coming in Busy typing. I'm
1: busy typing away so I haven't had time to, read out to the look questions? at those questions but I look now I'm, I've got them now right yeah I was tweeting away and I, w- I was listening and I was thinking that bizarrely when I was a teenager leading up until I went into mental health nursing and I grew up in an orphan town Um I worked at a greengrocers too that's why I did <laughs> and I absolutely loved it um And um, because it was it was right in the centre of the town, it was in a seaside town where I grew up, and um, all the characters from the local area used to come in and kind of got to know everyone. So I was listening to listening to that with a smile, thinking back to um, to my time as well, weirdly.
3: (laughs) Man, we're seaside Town, Man, we're Fleetwood. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. So so, yeah. So you'll
1: understand the the similar culture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right then, so questions. Um, so Dave, um, Dave's put some of the questions that are coming in. The first one is, um, what level are apprentices educated to? So I guess that's one for Jane. How does this differ from a more traditional entry route into registered nursing, and how does it differ from the nursing associate route? Um, well, I guess you've kind of answered that a little bit just now, haven't you, really?
4: Yeah, yeah. So the nurse associate
2: is the band four. Um, where students come in under the um, apprenticeship programme and do a two-year programme to become a nurse and associate, which is uh, non-field specific. Um, And then if if learners want to, uh, they can then um, enrol onto the RNDA, which is the registered nurse degree apprenticeship, and then they um, specialise in a field. So they'll either become a registered mental health nurse um, or an adult nurse or or LD nurse
1: yeah great thank you and then um, we've
2: got one for Stephen here it
1: says um Stephen could you have imagined anything that could have accelerated your entry into nursing or did it all happen at the right time for you so
0: um
3: yeah uh I think having people believe in you can help accelerate anything yeah. I think it's just taking again it was, I had nothing else to lose in my you know that's that's what I felt Uh, Mm -hmm. I was deeply unhappy. And if you believe you can do something, if you're passionate about something, then especially because I love my support worker job.
4: Mm -hmm. But then I
3: thought, I've got these skills and someone believes in me. They said I can do it. They think I can do it. I think I can do it. I'm going to go for it. And it's just, I think it's having that belief in yourself because people can knock us down all through our lives. But it's about our, our internal ability to say, not having that i know i'm good enough i know that i can do this and mm. just have it as well to believe in yourself uh, if you want to change you can you know
5: it's yeah
3: Our know, life is our own to control so ignore the naysayers and just just do it
1: yeah that's so true and it reminds me nikki when we had the jabali network on and yep. they were talking weren't they about um progressing in their career and how they felt that somebody needs to sort of give them that tap on the shoulder and the importance of you know somebody actually doing that kind of recognizing talent and mm. kind of encouraging you into a career or you know to advance your career so it's interesting similar conversation isn't it
3: well that's what i do now is uh so i'm a massive advocate for apprentices and direct access community so i work with some absolutely amazing sport workers and i will tell them yeah. it's like you really need to go and do your nursing because you know, yeah that's good it's fantastic um, they're like, no, oh, no, I was like, you really are, you know. And I think we need to do that. I think we need to build each other up. Yep. If I see mm-hmm. someone doing a really good job, mm-hmm. tell them. Yeah, because that might yeah. be only positive comment, they might be well, like, that's you know, I'm not the question, am so I good at my job? Tell them. If you tell them, mm-hmm. tell them, just yeah, you know, big them up because then we're gonna get more fantastic, dedicated, caring professionals entering into nursing okay. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's our job, especially now, I feel it's my job as a nurse as a registered professional to just advocate, like, come and join us, you know, you'll make a fantastic nurse and all know i upskilling stuff. So, yes. you know, I'll sit and I will help train, the healthcare support workers, mm. uh, pre-reg students who are uh, going the three-year direct university route.
4: Yeah,
3: mm. uh, you know, I think I won ambassador of the year and mentor last year on the apprentice awards for actually helping and i absolutely love that because mm. i'm so passionate about doing it and that recognition for supporting that I and mean, it just affirmed my belief that we all need good mentors in our life and in our career mm. and we can be that mentor mm. you know, yeah we're never too busy to show someone or talk to someone about great
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I
2: think it's probably important to point out as well which i probably should have done um before uh, so the um so the apprenticeship route yeah. um so that's when um that's when learners are employed by um a local nhs trust
5: mm-hmm.
2: um so they are essentially funded um to do their nurse training um, to do either the nursing associate or the registered nurse degree um apprenticeship yeah. um, so students like stephen um, so they are they are paid um, by the trust, and um, they work um, three day, uh, four days, yeah, <laughs> I'm reducing your hours. There. Oh, uh, there. So so four four days, um, they they're working as either band fours um, or support workers, um, and then one day a week they come into university um, and and get their their education and their um, and the, their training that way um so they're so they're paid throughout. Um, so it breaks down those barriers of yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas whereas in contrast the, the direct direct entry students so they do a three year program uh which is which is full-time um mm. and there's uh, tuition fees associated with that as well um mm. and obviously all the, the complications um of um of being a, a full-time student yeah.
4: um
2: so um so that's that's kind of the difference between um, the direct entry students and the, um, and the apprenticeship students. Mm. Yeah, just tweeting and
3: that. I love the diversity though, as well. I love the fact that, like my daughter, my daughter qualified, uh, she went to Ed Show, the traditional routes. And I love the fact that there's so many different pathways into that, so that actually we can choose which one suits us. Because for me, yeah. uh, with a mortgage and other commitments, I'm going to get paid for going to university. I'll do that route. Whereas mm. so for my daughter. She she's no commitments. Uh, she has now. <laughs> uh, but to actually go the her route. she adored uni. She lived in halls. She had that full experience. She's a fantastic nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is brilliant that there is that two different routes. to ultimately yeah. the same same end goal, isn't it? And, you know, my daughter's, like, really smart and, like, yeah, she's, she's a really good nurse and she learned so much at uni. Word uh I've learned a lot of Jane, which is amazing. She mentored me, and I don't know all of us that but Jane, Jane's the reason. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely supportive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry, uh, I'm digressing. But yeah, so there's
2: but, a real diversity in terms yeah. of the apprenticeship students. That's what we mean, so. isn't it? yeah. It's yeah. Um, I think I think the, the oldest student that we've had through, um, she is has she turned sixty now or she's fifty nine? Sixty, yeah, yeah,
4: sixty. Yeah, yeah, sure, either yeah.
2: fifty-nine or 60 and she's just as yeah. as a yeah. as a registered mental health yeah. nurse. You know, an absolute, you know, hands up to her, uh, you know, for, for coming back to university, learning all those academic skills, yeah. uh, you know, after all that time, you know, working, um, you know, and without the apprenticeship route, she would not be a band five registered yeah, mental now yeah. um you know and, and I could give you the stories you know from all of Stephen's cohort and all mm-hmm. our all, all our other cohorts um but it just absolutely opens up you know that that opportunity mm-hmm. um you know and as i said at the beginning I genuinely feel like mental health nursing you know would not be what it is without the um Mm. apprenticeship students
0: Mm. oh definitely definitely i think there's a couple more questions that you're tweeting vanessa would you want me to ask them um no you can be asking them i'm just tweeting (laughs) at the minute (laughs) i can
1: tell i can tell so i'm trying to capture it all yeah yeah it's really rich
0: really rich um david's asked a question so from not finishing school um to getting to university how did you manage to adapt to the learning what felt different from flourishing at university versus the kind of experience that you had at school which was uh, less yeah. than adequate by the sounds of it not i wasn't getting it.
3: bullied that's a that's a yeah. that's a massive thing you know, uh, yeah. jane wasn't like pushing my head down toilet but no i'm serious no uh i think just having that ex that experience uh having he is my own age around me, and we're all there for the same goal. We're all there yeah. to learn and support each other. So, yeah. I think I failed my first assignment on the TNA. Uh, yeah. It's like, probably looking back now, it's probably the easiest one. Uh, yeah. But I wasn't properly, probably academically prepared. Yeah, I, had, I saw the gear, but no idea. So, I think I had the shiny pens, but I probably didn't apply myself as much as I should have yeah. uh, And I think that was quite a sobering thing getting my result yeah. I failed. I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. But then I resubmitted past. Uh, and I just started just focusing on my writing, focused on actually what they wanted.
4: Mm. Just,
3: the last time I'd read anything was when I was at school. So I think 15-year-old, 14-year-old writing is a lot different to what they're expecting in university. And I think that's where college comes in. A lot of people leave school, go to college, which the writes that next level there, whereas myself... I've you
0: been making that big yeah. jump.
3: Yeah, I've just been mm-hmm. writing receipts in a red shop and, you know, the odd sports review. But uh, mm-hmm. to go there, that step up was quite difficult. Uh, but then the uni, there's loads of, like, there's Wiser who will read down your words of your assignments. Uh, there's also peer support groups that you can see to teach your tutor about how they want things to be laid out. Mm-hmm. And I just think, again, having that help, uh, mm-hmm. that guidance. Mm-hmm. And then each assignment becomes that little bit easier because you read the feedback on it and it's like... Just fine tuning it, then. So you choose to, be like, you know, perhaps write this in third person. You do your next one in third person. They get slightly higher grades. And then I've just continued like that all the way through. Yeah. Uh, so that's
2: that. I think I always say to students as well because this is another thing that I'm passionate about. I always say to students like, if like academic writing and academia, it's a skill. Um, and if you've never been taught how to reference, if you've never been taught how to um, how to write a reflection or write an academic assignment, um, you, then you, you're not going to know how to do it. Um, you know, no. and I think with the with the right kind of interventions, with the right kind of teaching. Um, you know, and actually sitting down and say, okay, this is how you reference. You know, mm-hmm. this is how you know. This is where this is kind of you know just not just not quite right. And it's a skill, and you yeah. know, and especially you know people like Stephen who've had kind of you know those gaps in education and not necessarily come straight from college into university, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't know how to reference, you don't know how to do a reflection, you know, you don't know oh, how why to do it in, in, in third yeah. person, you know, it's yeah. it, it's a skill, Um, you know, and, and that is something else that I'm, you know, passionate about that, you know, people who have been told, you know, are not done well at school or not flourished at school, you know, that to me, that's no indication of how they may do at, at university. 100%.
0: And it's really easy to get locked in the past. I think something that yeah. Stephen was saying about that belief about what you're capable of and who you are can be set really early yeah. before you finish yeah. and becoming who you are. Yeah, but yeah. people who don't really know you that well and certainly yeah. don't know who you are at 30.
4: Mm. So and,
2: and a lot of students like Stephen and, and others have absolutely done amazing, like, academically yeah. You know, like got, you know, mm-hmm. adults, like 70 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so, you know, for me, you know, leaving school early or not doing well in GCSEs or not doing well at, at A levels or the equivalent now, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me that that doesn't that, you know, that doesn't have influence on how someone can do, you know, at um at degree level um, or at an apprenticeship. Um uh, so
0: when you're an adult, you just learn differently. Yeah. There's a big okay. difference, isn't there, between being in child prison or school and actually choosing to go somewhere to learn about yeah. something that really interests you with an yeah. brain, yeah. ability to concentrate and focus that you might not have had when you were younger and those skills might not have been there.
3: Well, as an adult learner, I think yeah. as an adult learner, it, yeah. you do learn differently. So Thanks. most of the things I learned was on placement and indeed at university for assignments, the academia yeah. side i have learned so much on the wards because there's a tna slash RnDA. i think i've worked across 12 different wards mm. each ward has given me i either a really amazing mentor on probably yeah. every ward i've been on yeah. i been very fortunate in that and the knowledge i've picked up off there and mm. that's helped me that, that's helped me formulate care studies and do reflections when things haven't gone wrong on the ward mm. i think that is one of the huge benefits of having this friendship is because we are on we're working 30 hours a week okay. every single week okay. on the wards, uh, sometimes in numbers, sometimes as a students, and yeah. that's super-humor status. I think we get a, a lot out of that with regards to just improving our skill set. So yeah. I think when I qualified a couple of weeks ago as a band five, I've actually been a band four on the register for two years. Yeah. So I feel I'm hitting the ground running sort of thing, and I feel that, again, is one of the benefits of the apprenticeship is being yeah. able to... I'm still nervous about things, but it's that the band four is there to sort of bridge that gap between the three and five. So I've sort of yeah. seamlessly flipped over that gap onto band yeah. five and I'm um, taking more of that leadership role. To, like I was interviewing today, I was interviewing uh, the sport workers, which you know, they told me that four years ago that I'd be on the other side of the table <laughs> when I first worked in. I'd have been like, nope. Uh, yeah. yeah, we all learn different ways, don't we? we all learn at our own pace as well. Mm. I think having that support round at uni, uh, tutors like Jane, as well mm. as your peers, then you mm. can achieve anything it is. Yeah.
5: It's a good
0: thing. So we've talked a lot about the kind of benefits, but just to make sure we've covered all the bases that we wanted to talk about, what about the kind of challenges of either being an apprentice or being on the apprenticeship route in terms of mm. you know equal opportunities and all those sorts of things? Right. Jane, what so, do you think?
3: There's a lot of challenges. Well, uh, yeah. One of them is, so as a pre red student you are supernumerary. you can't be used for staffing shortfalls you can't be used for escorts and things because your supernumer status has to be upheld for insurance purposes whereas i think as a trainee as an apprentice who is employed by the trust sometimes due to staffing pressures so your supernumerary status will perhaps be moved to a different day so you'll come in and you think yes i'm going to go into meetings today i'm going to yeah. you know, learn, learn things but then you get short-staffed, so you'll get used in numbers, which it happens uh, and that it can be quite disappointing and challenging, but then mm-hmm. it's massively improved. Certainly, I think at the start of the course, because no one knew what the trainers nurse associate was, it was like, oh, yeah, are they sport workers? Are they students? And there was a yeah. little understanding, but I think now it's massively improved and people are getting that time to learn.
4: Mm-hmm. the hardest
3: thing is well you're doing a long day and then you've got a 2,000 word assignment due the next day and you've not started it so you do the 13 hour shift come back and like oops so you just uh, do that I need to be more prepared I never am <laughs> so I did my I dissertation right, three months before and I got I think about 80 something percent uh, mm-hmm. on part one okay. uh, so yeah I was really pleased with that and that's, I did that early I got a high grade so that's the thing I never got back to university Yep. They're looking at it till the day before, and I'm going to actually focus. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's no, it. It so. works
0: differently for everybody. Don't give it that one out widely.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard because we don't get blocked university weeks like the yeah. reg. Yeah, they block, yeah. they can probably do the assignments then because they're at uni. They go a library, they can study, and yeah. they have block placements where they don't have to perhaps worry as much about assignments. Mm. Whereas with us, it's just constantly and then also we've got to do the trust training as well because we're employees we've got cool. days where we've got to go and do our ELS where we've got yep. to go and do all the other extra bits part of being an employee then we've got to take annual leave when uni's off which is like really grim time to take annual leaves in winter and March it's like I want summer holidays Uh but yeah it's it can be really challenging and just getting your voice heard as well as an apprentice uh, and it's the same for the student because you may have some placements indeed. I've had a couple where mm. perhaps due to people not really, not liking people who've maybe been qualified for a bit too long they don't remember when they were students and what support we need so you just sort of mm. get labelled as the students which I, just, I don't like that, it's like I have a name Stephen, the student. Mm. Um, but I think just being recognised and just people taking it to one side and teaching you their skills because we are we are the fountain of knowledge all of us we mm. if we don't cascade things down we're gonna have a new generation of nurses coming through who don't know how to, back to bed don't know how to write a care plan mm.
4: because
3: we're the ones that teach them that we don't get taught at university about how to write a care plan we get mm. teaching about risk assessments for unless we the
0: applying them. of it is, is really something that's very specific to different trusts and yeah yeah yeah
3: but we teach on the wards. And yeah,
0: it's cultural knowledge being passed on. It, One of the we, things I liked it, about nursing so much.
3: Yeah, if we don't oh. do that, then there's going to be a generation of nurses coming through
5: hmm.
3: who are not going to know how to do it, and that's hmm. going to impact on patients. Yeah. And I just think because you can read all the textbooks in the world, but unless you've got someone like my biggest mentor was a she was a for assistant practitioner. Mm. She's been there, just about thirty years. And mm. She's the sole reason why I did the top up and wanted to work on the ward that I'm on now because she's just amazing. Like Paula, thank you, we got sent. She is the fountain of all knowledge. You never want to know anything. That's it. And she has so much time to actually sit you down and go through things with mm. you. And then she's kind, she's compassionate, caring. She shares mm. knowledge freely because she said we're all learners once. And I think we need cool. more people in the world. We need more people to actually impart that knowledge and not say sorry i'm too busy because we do get people let's one i always say to students when i have them you can be my shadow this just mm-hmm. follow it and i'll talk in my head when i'm doing something I'm, i'll talk out loud so then they, they know what i'm thinking and what i'm doing mm-hmm. you don't have to actively sit down at a classroom and say i'm going to teach you how to do this do it when are with you
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, if they're receptive to it which a lot of students are they want to learn then you know they'll pick it up and yeah uh,
2: Fantastic. That, that is one of the benefits of the apprenticeship route as well. Is that mm-hmm. you know that the the students they are in practice kind of four days a week, um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they bring the whole kind of wealth of experience and knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, you know that they've you know that they that, that that they've gained from practice as well. And I think that's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely another real uh, mm-hmm. real benefit. I was
0: just looking at so we've 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 nearly finished up our time already, but before we go, there's a couple of things I'd just like to explore a little bit further. So, Jane, I wonder if I could ask you, you know, what do you see as the future
2: of apprenticeships? Where's where's this? Where's it going? I don't think apprenticeships is going anywhere. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna rise and it's gonna and it's gonna grow and it's gonna uh, and and it's gonna build. Um, I think yeah. that you know, and particularly um, the trust that Stephen works for and that we partnership with, uh, Lancashire and South Cumbria yeah. uh, Mental Health Trust. Uh, you know, they they're really committed as well to developing their own um, mm. workforce. Um, so it's not going anywhere. Um, and it's gonna get it's it's gonna grow um you know so we, we need to you know as educators as nurses in practice uh you know we need to embrace uh, the apprenticeship learners, um you know because they do bring such a um such a wealth of, in, of of experience um you know um to the role um you know that they're you know it's they're definitely not going anywhere um you know and the benefits that they you know you know that they, they you know so the trust is you know is invested in steven and now steven's working at the trust as a you know as a band five uh mm. you know and i'm sure his career will you know will progress kind of within uh mm. within the trust as well
5: mm.
0: all right so as we're sort of finishing up now it'd be good to have like one last thing or if you want to give across one sort of like last key message or something like that so we'll come to steve and then jane and, and vanessa Steve, is there anything that you wanted to, to say? Yeah,
3: so there's a lot of people out there who doubt themselves. I've worked with some, I've met some. You doubt yourself that you're not good enough, that you can't do that, that you're too old, and that's my biggest thing. I'm too old. So it doesn't matter whether you're 50, whether you're 57. If you're doing a three-year university course at 57, you'd be qualified by 60. You will have a good 10 years in a career that you are passionate about, and actually, whether it's social work, whether it's teaching, whether it's nursing, You've got that time to make a difference. Don't get to your retirement age and think, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done this because life's for taking chances. And would you rather stay in a job than make you deeply unhappy that is just not mundane, but just that you don't really feel a passion for That You don't get excited to get dressed in the morning and put your uniform Mm -hmm. on or put your badge on and go, ah, this is me. If you don't feel that in your job, then you're in the wrong job because get a job that you're excited about that, you just buzz off, and you're not you're tired when you get home. But you're not like, oh god, I hate my job. I've got to do it again tomorrow. Get one where you think can't wait to come back tomorrow. So just just find something like that mm. that gives you purpose, some career. You're never too old. Whether you go to the university, whether you go to the apprenticeship, man yourself, just, yeah. just do it because you'll make a difference to people's lives, and you'll make a difference to your own life and your family.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely, Jane. Um, I think I'll echo some of what Stephen said it's never too late you're never too old um you're never too uneducated either um you know if you've got the passion and the drive then I can teach you to do referencing <laughs> to write an academic assignment um you know don't don't let that you know that fear um hold people back um and I think you know I I've been on, on here before and talked about my yeah. own kind of personal experiences as a mental health service user as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some from my mental health servicer uh, service user, you know, perspective, yeah. um, you know, the the apprenticeships just give me they they give they give me hope for the future um of mental health nursing. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, that 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 pretty much sums it up. We get some incredibly um gifted um special uh dedicated compassionate um nurses through um through the apprenticeship route um mm-hmm. and from my perspective as a mental health service user uh you know i i i want these guys in the profession uh you know i want them as um as registered mental health nurses definitely
0: Uh vanessa
1: yeah I think just to echo what everyone's already said I think just listening to Stephen's story I think it's really inspiring and people who are listening hopefully will feel inspired because I think as much as you can advertise and encourage people into apprenticeships I think listening to somebody who's been on that journey is what will inspire people and we've talked haven't we a lot about um, the sort of imposter syndrome that people experience and I just think Stephen sharing his story it's just really important isn't it and yeah it's been a real pleasure having you on tonight i think and hopefully people listening will feel inspired to follow the same journey as you as well so thank you
2: yeah Yeah, just just one more thing if anybody is interested in 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 pursuing the apprenticeship route um you know then 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 look um on nhs jobs um the the band four roles um, and the registered nurse degree apprenticeship uh, programs that different trusts offer um are often open to external um, candidates as well. Um, they're not always just open to existing um existing members of staff. So we had students on the um, on the two-year program um that had worked in um, in adult services or come from other trusts or, or other areas um, and they were employed as an apprenticeship. Um, so, so, yeah, just, just go for it.
3: If you, if you look on LSCFT uh, jobs, uh, you can perhaps get a friendship and you can have me as your mentor. So,
4: <laughs> yeah as your personal chief. You you
3: Absolutely, James. Me <laughs> yeah. you be as your mentor, dream team.
0: It started off as a general message that was making me feel fuzzy and it ended up as a specific advert, but I, I still love it as a message. <laughs> so thank you very much yeah. to everybody for being guests tonight. It's been just such a pleasure to be able to talk about something so celebratory you know, really, really happy happy experience next week um we have a fantastic researcher coming on shannon murray who's going to be talking about um sort of the work around researching and supporting people from stigmatized backgrounds particularly people who are using substances who are lgbtq plus which is an often overlooked group so it's gonna be a really interesting discussion next week and we hope to have you with us again so thank you very much for watching and again thank you to our lovely guests good night all thank you night
5: bye Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Bye.